Itrachia here for a discussion of truth. It is Wednesday. Uh, it is 5.15 p.m. Eastern. And what a polarizing uh, political climate that is so rapidly changing here in uh, not only globally, but certainly in the United States. Uh, Freedom Reserve, No More Lies is the name of the book. It'll be coming out. I hope hard copy is available mid-July. I just got back from editor the final pass for this uh, for this project. The manuscript is in my possession, and I will go through it and get this to publisher, hopefully um, by end of week, and uh, and then uh, to presses here for uh for hard copy in hand by um uh by mid-july again i will be in texas uh in a couple weeks for an event uh and uh and outside of that folks i just continue uh plugging away to seek and destroy communism which is not only has it been in the united states for decades it has been smeltering for many decades, but now surfacing its very ugly head in many regards. Very, very ugly head. Uh, it has now completely just about taken over the public education system, in my opinion. Uh, it has long taken over the economic system in the United States in many ways, and now taking direct jabs at the uh, U.S. Constitution. Social Media Freedom Foundation is a organization put together by Jason Fick. And due to some of my uh, mechanics of networking, I have brought in a representative out of Texas, Louis Gomert, who is now successfully backing uh, this project as a constitutional challenge. Hopefully it will be heard by, or read rather, the argument by Clarence Thomas shortly. And that is, that is in regards to the Section 230, the vagueness written behind that legislation that allows these big tech companies to censor your voice, to deplatform your profile, take down your posts, totally against your rights as a as an American under your constitution. But like a friend, uh, a new friend just mentioned to me earlier today, as her child, her son is being forced into a segregated classroom of nine other students in that school that are refusing to wear masks, this is in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, that the security guard, upon speaking with the child, I believe this is an elementary school child, the security guard told the child that he had no constitutional rights. If that was your child, what would you do? And if you have a child and you're allowing your child to wear a mask, when the child does not want a mask and you're telling your child to wear a mask of that type of, uh, if that's the type of scenario, I urge you to get that mask off your child immediately. Okay, so uh, Stephen, uh, Dr. Stephen Latulupe, we're going to phone him in right now. <laughs> this is a guy that I believe does not agree with mask wearing, so we'll get his uh, perspective out of Oregon here right now. Thanks for listening to uh, Discuss the Truth. I am Ian Trottier. Dr. Stephen LaTulupe. Tulupe. Hello, this is Steve. Steve, uh, Ian Trache here. Welcome to uh, Discussion of Truth, sir. 
And um, and I'm, I'm glad that you were able to join. Uh, I want to mention first for listeners that uh, the uh, there's a there's a commercial airline pilot uh, that has made this connection uh, between the, the the doctor and myself. And so, welcome to discuss your truth, Stephen. Thank you very much, Ian. I'm glad to join you today. Um, Dr. Latulupe, would you please make an introduction to, uh, of yourself, uh, to listeners? Uh, uh, who are you? What you, what do you do? Sure. My name actually is Steve Latulip. It's pronounced. It's, it's easier than it sounds. Uh, I am an Oregon physician and I was the first doctor in America to actually have my license suspended simply for doing my job because I specifically, because I went public and, told the public what was going on as far as the takedown with regard to the pandemic. My real crime, if you will call it that, is that I actually told, uh, announced at a Stop the Steal rally that I had treated a good number of COVID patients and I had 100% success in treating them. They all recovered uh, within about a week's time. So I didn't know at the time, but, uh, you know, when I made that statement, of course, they were already uh, having the plans, you know, to come out with the vaccine supposedly to treat COVID. And for emergency use authorization, you cannot have a treatment. So that got me into trouble. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, as far as my background, I'm a, a board certified or was a board certified family physician and half of my practice involved pain medicine and addiction medicine and I had a completely clean record until they took me down uh, with regard to the COVID tyranny. Wow and how many years practicing? Um, I had been in practice about 22 and a half years. As a medical doctor? As a medical doctor, that's correct. I'm also retired Air Force. I flew heavy aircraft and then later flew fighter aircraft. I flew the Phantom with the Idaho Air National Guard. And I'm a private pilot. I'm also an ordained minister. I've been Bible college and seminary trained. And before all of that, I actually was in a doctoral program in microbiology. And so that's pretty much my background. Okay, so just an average everyday uh Achiever, uh, being a little bit facetious there. Uh, congratulations on on your service to the country. Uh, let's let's go to actually being uh, taken off of the board. So you've been stripped now. You've been stripped of your license in the state of Oregon. Uh, that is correct. And see what they did is uh, my when I on November seventh, twenty twenty, I spoke at the Stop the Steel rally. The day following I didn't realize it, but the RNC of Multnomah County, which is important, um, had recorded it, video recorded it, and uh, as it turned out it went viral globally on YouTube the following day, and as the day that the Oregon Medical Board actually became aware of it, somebody must have sent them the video. And on November 9th, I actually received a bullying letter from the medical director, Dr. David Ferris, uh, of the Oregon Medical Board. And he was basically threatening me, saying I better get in line and practice medicine, according to our Marxist governor, Kate Brown. Otherwise, I would face sanctions by the board. So that started the whole thing. And, and you're throwing in the term Marxist. That wasn't something that was used. Right, right. Um, 
what actually happened is that he was gone for a week following that, uh, gone from my clinic. So when I returned to my clinic, I was very, very busy, of course, and uh, I received a surprise visit from one of the medical board uh, investigators. And this investigator was actually there to set me up. He asked for five minutes of my time. And after an hour of explaining to him my success in treatment, as well yeah. as no problems with infectivity, you know, because I, I and my staff were never not masking. We never did mask. So, um, you know, they thought that that was a very horrible thing, of course. Uh, but the mask is absolutely not a viral barrier in any way. It does not do any good whatsoever. Um, so anyway, uh, to the end of that, he just told me, you know, that um, that he asked me if that bullying letter was going to change anything in my medical practice. And I was kind of dumbfounded by him even asking the question because there was nothing to change uh, that would benefit anything in the way of good medical care. So, so yep, go ahead. Well, so they took my license uh, the following day, as well as another medical doctor, Dr. Paul Thomas, uh, who is an excellent pediatrician, and he's, his license was suspended on the same day, but his was for publishing a book on vaccines and also for uh, performing a study, a medical study that had been submitted to a peer-reviewed journal, and um, we both were taken down. So I quickly uh, sought after some legal support and actually was supported by a Christian organization that represented me pro bono, and I filed a federal lawsuit against the medical board, and after that time, then they retaliated against me and opened up five further investigations on me, all of them being completely bogus, and then uh, when I departed for Arizona to be with family for about seven weeks, the day after we left, uh, I don't know if it was just coincidence, but I received in the mail uh, another proposed order to not just have my license suspended, but to fully revoke my license and to fine me for $10,000. So, and they gave me three weeks to respond. So my mail was on hold for that seven weeks, so I never received it. They did send a copy of it certified mail, which would have been returned to them in two weeks if I did not sign it. So when that was returned, they knew I hadn't received it. Uh, and they did have my phone number, my personal cell phone number, and my email, but they made no attempt to contact me. So as it stands right now, um, I appealed that, and I have submitted my opening brief for the appeal and in the Oregon Court of Appeals, and uh, the Oregon Medical Board has uh, to submit a response by June 10th. So that's where I stand on all of that. Now, were you a – do you feel that this may have been a – politically charged uh, uh, tactic against you or, or was there a little bit more history in regards to how you treated your staff at your practice, maybe refusing to wear a mask uh, were, or were you a target of being, uh, you're at the stop the steal rally. I don't know if you, you know, not knowing what, what political um, I, I, political side of the aisle you, you stand on, but uh, again, was this politically charged uh, or was this, uh, was, go ahead. Sure. No, it, absolutely. It was 100% politically charged. Um, it, that was their entire motive. Um, they, when they issued, and this was an emergency suspension of my medical license. So when that emergency order went out, they stated that I was in immediate danger 
to the public and to my patients. Of course, they had zero evidence of any harm whatsoever. I had treated and uh, effectively treated every single one of my COVID patients. They easily and quickly recovered with my protocol. So um, in the emergency order, they stated as the only cause was being the fact that I and my staff were not wearing a mask. And I was one of the very few doctors in Oregon who kept my medical practice open throughout the pandemic to do what doctors do, which is treat sick patients. And um, they stated that the reason they suspended me was just because of not wearing a mask. They didn't mention anything about my treating patients, but they did say in that emergency suspension order that there is no treatment available for the novel SARS-CoV-2 strain. So uh, it was kind of interesting that they put that in, and I knew that that was their real agenda. The, they had known, the Oregon Medical Board had known for a period of about four months that I and my staff were not masking because there was a complaint filed uh, against me apparently on that um, pertaining to probably me getting on Twitter and reacting and responding to all the nonsense I was hearing about COVID when this was all breaking loose. So the board knew for four months that I was not masking and neither was my staff. And yet four months later, the day after I speak publicly and announce that I treated COVID and did not mask, only then did they take action. So it shows that their so-called emergency order was completely bogus and completely politically motivated. Now, doctor, what was the protocol that you uh, used with your patients to treat this uh, virus? Well, sure. Now, remember that at that time, um, ivermectin was not really heard of as an antiviral uh, treating uh, medication. And hydroxychloroquine, was just coming online at about that time with Stella Emanuel uh, talking about that. I did not use that. I used a protocol that I had used for severe viral syndromes, uh, that, which completely resembled the COVID uh, syndrome. Uh, when these people were really sick, I, my protocol was to put them on a high-dose steroid for a pulse dose, meaning you give them a high-dose for I gave it for five or seven days, uh, depending on how sick they were, and then give them a topical inhaled corticosteroid that was also high dose. I would give them azithromycin or doxycycline if there was any risk whatsoever of a secondary bacterial pneumonia or if they were just high risk because of comorbidities. So uh, that was my primary regimen. And believe it or not, for the flu-like symptoms like muscle aches, headache, weakness, uh, fatigue, uh, any GI symptoms, generic Pedialyte worked huh. extremely well to treat that. And if you can remember that, you'll never have to see a doctor for a flu or uh, for stomach flu type symptoms. Electrolytes. Because that treats that. Right. Three liters down the hatch worked wonderfully. And, you know, I contacted my patients after I started treatment the very next day or, the, or within two days, and they were all drastically improved, saying, yeah, I'm already 75% better. I'm feeling great. I'm on the mend. Thank you. Now, so let me get your let me, yeah, like, let me get your personal reaction here when and we're looking at uh, what, maybe January, February of uh, 2020. This is when uh, the virus began. 
making its way globally. Uh, the first case, I think, was in Washington, as a matter of fact, Northwest. Uh, January, I think it was. Yeah, January 2020. Um, I'm not sure what the date was. But uh, when you first caught wind of this outbreak, what was your what was your what, what was your initial reaction and your initial thought? What went through your mind? Well, actually, yeah, actually, um, the first cases that I saw that mimicked all of the symptoms of COVID, the classic COVID syndrome, was actually in late October, early November, and then late December and early January. That's when two waves of it hit. And then March 11th, of course, the pandemic was declared. So uh, it didn't catch me off guard. I wasn't surprised. I thought, okay, here we go, another cold and flu season. And we're starting out with a fairly bad bug, which sometimes happens. But um, otherwise, no reaction whatsoever. Um, I had you know, no difficulty treating it. Um, all the patients were, were faring very well. What did catch my attention, however was the fact that some of my patients went to urgent care or went to the emergency department on the weekend with these full-blown symptoms, and they were told to go home and isolate, quarantine for two weeks, and if they turn blue, go to the hospital. And that absolutely made no sense to me whatsoever. So I knew something was up, and then, of course, as this was developing, I realized what was going on, and it was sinister. It had nothing to do with medicine whatsoever. But there was something, um, something dark going on, something that just wasn't right. And are you suggesting, doctor, that this is uh, possibly a bioweapon? No, I would not say possibly. I would say definitely. We, you got to remember that when you know it's been proven that the Wuhan lab was doing gain-of-function research. And gain-of-function in microbiology has one and only one purpose, and that is bio-warfare. You could take this, uh, you, what they did is they took coronavirus, uh, a, a strain that did not infect humans, and they ramped it up, made it uh, so that it did infect humans, but also spliced in uh certain genetic segments to make it uh, more infectious, to make it also more lethal. Uh, we know now that the spike protein is what does the damage, and that was manufactured segment, and that along with um, some sequences from the HIV virus uh, also served to reduce the immune system, uh, depressing the CD8 and CD4 cell count, which are the cytotoxic T-killer cells. It's part of the, the cellular immunity in the body. And if you can suppress that, of course, people are not only going to be sicker, but they will uh, their recovery will be uh, less likely to occur, or at least rapidly. So they would be more vulnerable to severe illness and, and its effects from the cytokine storm, which is the body's immune response to react against this virus. Now, doctor, I, I assume you uh, you are unvaccinated, if you will. This is not a vaccine by definition, from what I've been told. Um, take a moment, if you will, and uh, for listeners... How, how, what would be your approach if someone has has caved in and received this injection or one of these injections by these various pharmaceutical companies? Um, what do they What do they do to take care of themselves if they if they've gotten to the point where they said, "Well, you know, I I shouldn't have gotten that injection. I should have I should have realized that there was 
there was something going on here with the big pharma, with big economy, with big money, and things were being manipulated. Uh, people's rights were being taken away. So if you take if you take people that are now kind of moving themselves into that narrative of questioning um, this 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 virus and epidemic or pandemic, um, say they've gotten the injection, what do they do? Well, it's a very good question, and um, you know, thousands and thousands of people have vaccine remorse. They they are realizing now, and you know, as the evidence is increasing daily, as we're seeing more deaths and more injuries uh, in almost a linear fashion, um, we we know that the spike protein causes the damage, and it does that through generating a lot of inflammation. And when you have inflammation in the body and it is not treated rapidly then that inflammation can produce scarring or fibrosis. And when that happens, you have organ damage that is done. Now, a lot of people that took this jab actually um, did not feel anything. A lot of them say, hey, I felt fine. I didn't have any problems, although a lot of people did. So the question is, first of all, which batch of the uh, so-called vaccine did they take? Because there was a variation in the batches for sure. Uh, some of them were definitely more lethal than others, um, and some were even likely placebo. They did not receive anything, and so it's hard to evaluate this, and uh, it just complicates the issue. But um, I have come across a lot of patients and other people in my travels who have suffered long-term fatigue and other symptoms, neurologic symptoms. We're all hearing about them you know, resulting from clots, uh, myocarditis, and so forth. So the question is, what can we do, if possible, to reverse the effects of the spike protein? Yeah. I think, you know, we're, we like to give a positive answer. We like to say we're on to something. But the truth is, if the damage has been done, it's almost like if you got a really bad pneumonia, and that scarred your lungs, there's really not a whole lot you can do to reverse the scarring that has already taken place. So the, the next best bet, of course, is to do everything possible to strengthen your immune system because uh, any natural immunity is so far better than anything you can get in an injection, even in a classic vaccine. So natural immunity confers the best uh, protection by far but if you've taken a vaccine and you're having side effects from it you need to do everything you can to boost your immune system and i will just say do that from natural causes natural means like exercise eating uh, healthy foods a uh, good abundant supply of fruits and vegetables that have vitamins and minerals and get some sunshine every day and believe it or not try to live happily be happy because happiness actually does strengthen the immune system it's the people that are depressed for example who go into a surgery and have complications and die at a young age you know because the immune system is greatly affected by the mood so beyond that though we you know there are so-called remedies out there that have been pushed uh, by several different doctors but the truth is, they probably don't do a whole lot. They might help to alleviate the symptoms. But if there's been damage done, then that damage, I'm afraid, is there. The question is how much of it is there. So 
the other precaution I really strongly emphasize with people is whatever you do, don't take another booster or any other government-induced uh, uh, vaccine from a so-called vaccine program. The government cannot be trusted, and unfortunately, uh, the the brotherhood of, of medicine is corrupt. Um, almost all doctors now are hired hands working for big CEOs who are um, who are funded by big pharma. And every bit of it is corrupt through and through. And those of us who are independent doctors, we are the ones that are being persecuted because we are the ones that are able to tell the truth and not suffer precautions or not suffer the harm of losing their jobs, losing privileges. So, um, you know, depending on uh, who you're working for, it can make a big difference of what information you're going to hear. Now, should there be concern for those that have... I call it, uh, doctor, I call it an inoculation. Uh, for, for those who have been inoculated um, uh, or injected, uh, should there be concern about a uh, DNA modification program that have been inserted in these, uh, in these vaccines, so-called vaccines? Right. Well, that's, that's the big question because initially they were told, uh, you know, they stated point blank that a messenger RNA uh, sequence will not be, uh, you know, will not be introduced into the DNA, and that takes place by what's called the reverse transcriptase. So it is possible to happen. There have been, I believe, a couple of studies that have showed that it appears to have happened, but I'm not yet fully convinced of that taking place. Uh, the talk about transhumanism, for example, can can that be done? Well, they can do a lot of nasty stuff to us. Uh, we have this new technology right now um, that has actually revolutionized bio-warfare, and I think that that has replaced conventional warfare uh, to a large extent because you can easily control the population through fear and never fire um, a gun in any way. You know, no weapons are being directly fired. So, uh, you know, I think that it's just important to realize that um, you can't. I would not trust any new injection because we just don't know. We don't have all the answers. Certainly, we do have reverse transcriptase activity. So, yes, it is potentially possible to have a messenger RNA vaccine uh, reverse transcribed into the DNA. Yes, that's possible. What are the consequences long-term and short-term? We really don't know. Doctor, I want to talk a little bit about your view as, as someone who's served the, mil the U.S. military. Um, what's happening? I want to get your view of what's happening in, in this very polarized climate in your country, in our country. What's happening in your view? But, but, but for listeners to identify geographically, um, this is a medical doctor here speaking about being uh, having his license suspended for, uh, for, for, for the protocol, the medication protocol that was against the, the pharma, pharmaceuticals, of course, uh, and also not wearing a mask, just kind of repeating. But doctor, please, if you will, how long, how long have you lived in the state of Oregon? And then I want you to please answer what you see happening in your country right now. Well, I moved to Oregon um, in 2020, which is 
at the time that I actually completed residency, I actually had uh, worked two, through two years of my residency program uh, in addition to residency training. So I was very busy, got a lot of training. Um, <clears throat> so I've been in, in Oregon, like I say, with a clean record for the entire time that I've been here until they suspended my license. As far as what's going on in our country, no. <clears throat> Excuse me. I could. I. I will say this. What. What heightened my awareness right from the get-go was the fact that in all my travels abroad in other countries, and I had been to a number of socialist countries, I saw the same three ingredients uh, that were used in all attempts to overthrow a free republic. And the first one was fear. The second was confusion. And then the third one was violence or the threat of violence. And I saw all three of those taking place. Of course, we had the fear factor with the virus and so much confusion about what it did, what it didn't do. We had the fraud, Dr. Fauci, saying that, of course, masks are worthless because that's what all of the best medical studies had shown beyond any doubt. And then right after the uh, the pandemic was declared, he changed his tune practically overnight. So you know that was politically motivated. And so that created a lot of confusion in people. It's like, well, what do we believe? Who do we believe? I mean, my own patients would come into me, and I could see the big question mark on their forehead. They were being told by the government and by the so-called elites that this is so, when in fact I'm telling them, no, that is not true. I don't know why they're saying it, but it is simply not true. And my poor patients wanted to believe me because I had taken care of them for years, but they doubted. And I said, well, time will tell, but I gave them an informed consent. I said, this is the risk of the mask. And let me tell you, I treated a lot of pathology caused by the mask, both physical and a lot of psychological harm caused by masking and the shutdowns were the same way they caused a lot of damage and of course we're seeing the harms from uh the jabs that are taking place right now and the story is far from over so to so summer our, go ahead well no so to answer your question i mean what's the status of, of our country is under a coup we are we are experiencing a coup in progress right now all of the things taking place, including the Ukraine war, is part of the strategy to uh, promote the World, world Economic Forum uh, strategy. They want a one world order. They want to initiate the Great Reset. And they will do everything they can to see that through. And, of course, one of their biggest uh, obstacles that they must overcome is to destroy America. And that's why America is under attack. That is exactly why our Constitution is now being attacked every which way and nullified by every so-called Democrat. And th there's no such thing as even a Democrat or a Republican Party anymore. What we have are globalists versus nationalists. So if you're waving your country's flag, you're a nationalist, you, you want freedom. And of course, everybody in the world with, with a normal brain wants freedom unless you're one of the dictators who wants to take it away from everybody else. And of course, you're, you're bringing up a uh, you're bringing up an, a very good point here, and that the United States has a constitution. It is being uh, it is being thrashed and shredded uh, as rapidly as possible. But what Americans do have, of course, as you would know, somebody who served uh, your country uh, in that in that manner, is they have a right to bear arms. Um, so 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 as this coup takes place, in your words, this is a 
coup d'etat. This is a and 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 doctor, I I refer to this uh, this quote unquote administration. I refer to them as a regime because I I my, I happen to to align with with your thoughts. As I do see this as a you've used the word Marxist. Uh, I'm going to use the word communist. Of course, they're socialist. I do see it as an invasion as well. Of course, it's been been in the United States for decades, but it is coming to a head at this point. Um, what do you what do you uh, advise listeners do? Um, what can be done in your view? Sure, and, and believe me, things can be done. Now, the number one immediate threat is confronting us in this year, 2022. This is the year that will actually decide the fate of America, and that's because we have an election. Now, I'll say this. If you want to do something, do everything you can to organize uh, parties to fight voter fraud, because if we cannot have an election with guaranteed integrity so that we, the people, are voting our leaders in, then we have already lost our freedom. We, In fact, right now, we have a seated president who was not elected, and that is the first in American history. For the first time, we actually are not a free republic. We did not vote in uh, this bozo that is now in there. What he is is nothing more than a puppet, and I suspect he is being directed by Obama and all of the rest. I mean, Obama himself said he would love to serve a third term, putting a bug in someone's ear and telling him what to do. Now, we know that our president, or so-called president, is, is definitely fairly advanced now in an Alzheimer's uh, condition and his dementia will only get worse. Uh, but the guy is also evil, and that makes him exceedingly dangerous in that position because you never know what he will say and do. You see how many times he's had to be corrected after his uh, botched uh, words that he says. So if we cannot win the at the election box, if we cannot take back our country and take the House and Senate this year, what other option do we have? Well, in my opinion, I can't think of another option other than a second revolutionary war. The problem with that is that nobody, nobody wants to talk about it except you, Ian. I'm really pleased to hear you actually bring that up because it is a fact. The only reason that we still are not fully blown globalist, communist, socialist, Marxist is that we, the citizens, the private citizens are still armed. Now, if they take the weapons from us, then the party is over. But I refuse, and I know a lot of people refuse. And in fact, I never resigned my commission in the Air Force. I'm still an Air Force officer. And I'm telling you, uh, if there is a call to arms with a militia, I will be the first to be there. There's no doubt about it. There's too much at stake for our country. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who will sit and rather uh, allow themselves to be ruled because they have no idea of the atrocities that will happen in our country if this globalist government takes hold. We have to fight it. Uh, doctor, as we wind down, I, I'd like you to, to, of course, leave some so final thoughts and final words for listeners. Um, but before we get to that point, I want you to uh, identify in your view and your research um, what you believe uh, is the deep state. You've identified a globalist government and you've you've also identified the uh, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Um, 
what what is this deep state? Who is there any particular? Uh, uh, is there any any, any group uh, particular that might be controlling this? Uh, as 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 difficult as it may f- seem for people to fathom that, um, w- how do you define the deep state, Doctor? Yes, I would define very simply: the deep state includes every Democrat and every rhino, and the rhinos among the Republicans, that is the Republicans in name only, are many. They are the majority. And so so I would say anybody that calls themselves a Democrat or anybody who, by example, proves themselves to be a rhino, they are the deep state. And, of course, they are ruling the federal government, so the entire federal government of the United States is deep state. I mean, you look at any of the three-letter government agencies, they are all utterly corrupt, and that includes the FBI, the CIA, NIH. Uh, I could go on and on and on. They are all criminal in what they are doing. So uh, beyond that, um, you know, then you go to the world actors. But the deep state in America is definitely the Democrat Party and every rhino out there. Well, very well said. Um, very well said, Doctor Stephen. Uh, please take a moment and leave listeners uh, with some final thoughts. Okay, I would say this. Um, you know, right now we have a small monkey business coming out uh, with <laughs> the monkeypox, and um, in fact, I, I just uh, submitted an article to publish today with America about, and uh, it's uh, and the point is is that they are now trying to implement a second scare tactic, uh, a second pandemic, if you will, except that monkeypox simply cannot become pandemic. It's just not infectious enough unless they were to somehow ramp that up as well through gain of function. But that there's no evidence for that right now. So I think what they're going to do is really try to push the vaccine. Remember that they purchased 13 million uh, smallpox vaccines to treat monkeypox, and that was based on one case in the United States in the state of Massachusetts. So uh, you know that they have a hidden agenda. And I would say whatever you do, don't let them take you down that road again with any other vaccine that they want to introduce. That is a means of controlling the population. And if they do gain a function with that smallpox vaccine, they can do a whole lot more damage and continue the genocide that is taking place now. Dr. Stephen La Tulip, did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I thank you for the work that you do, and I look forward to uh, staying in touch with you, sir. Uh, again, thank you for joining the program. It's my pleasure, and thanks for having me. That is Dr. Stephen La Tulip. Um, and, and folks, you can find his, find his work at unity without compromise, unity without compromise, committed to fighting the ongoing assault against medicine, our constitution, Christianity, and the American people. Um, furthermore, furthermore. He makes he makes a very clear statement here. We we know he's an MD, he's a medical doctor, retired U.S. Air Force officer, aviator. He, he mentioned he was an ordained minister as well. Uh, 
your constitutional rights, folks, are being obliterated. And if you <laughs> if you know somebody, if, if if what I'm talking about, if what if what this doctor is talking about with you to you resonates, pass this message forward, folks. Send this podcast to a friend immediately. Now, send it to your governor. Send it to your mayor. Send it to your senator. Send it to Joe Biden. Send it to anybody and everybody you can think of that might appreciate it or should at least listen to it. Do that right now. Because, folks, as... As 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 my wheel has turned over the course of the past five and a half years now, since I began looking into the Zika virus while I was living in Miami Beach, I have, well, I've, again, I've compiled all the evidence and research that I've done over the course of that time period, and it's accumulated here in this book, Freedom Reserve, No More Lies. You can order right now, booksamillion.com, pre-order a copy. Um. And, and look, that, that not only helps support independent publishing, which is our constitutional right, freedom of press, that not only helps support independent publishing, that helps support me. And inadvertently, it go, comes back and helps support you and your family. So um, so buy a couple copies. I had a week and a half ago. I had somebody buy 10 copies from me. And they're not even printed yet. Uh, what I do in that book is I define the deep state for you, folks. I help you understand exactly what that is. And fortunately, I mean, you know, hey, Stephen's a medical doctor. He's a medical doctor. I was somewhat engaged to a medical doctor. This person wanted to marry me. um, But because of my, because of what I could see in the relationship, I w- was opposed to that. So two, two year relationship, it happened, whatever. Um, but I understand the, uh, the, 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 the mental, uh, 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 intensity required to obtain a doctorate in medicine. Furthermore, the residency, which is which is like another doctor in itself, um, or two doctors if you're a surgeon. Some of those residencies can be eight years plus. Typically, residency is about four. Um, but becoming a medical doctor carries that prestige in society for good reason, because it is, depending on the degree, the most difficult degree to obtain in society. Uh, so here's a medical doctor. He's not alone. And not only is he saying that this COVID-19 garbage, I'll call it garbage, okay? Not saying it doesn't kill people. I haven't said that. But because I study the Zika virus, I'm going to say that it is manipulated. It's designed to be just what this doctor, in his opinion, and, and what I'm saying, in my opinion, is just that, a bioweapon. This is a non-American bioweapon, folks. This is a, a an international consortium of a desire to control the global economy. It's here. It's happening. And they want to control every aspect of your life. 
that machine, if you will. Um, so not only is Dr. La Tulip saying that it's uh, this COVID-19 is a bioweapon, but furthermore, furthermore, what I appreciate coming from this man of his statute uh, is that he identifies from the political angle this being a Marxist and socialist. This is communism. This is communism. This is a, this is an invasion of the communist doctrine. 